This is your Times Daily World Briefing on Thursday the 13th of January. I'm Steve Forbes. And I'm Emily Wither. Leaders are shifting strategy as Omicron rages through Europe. More than 50% of the population in the region will be infected with Omicron in the next six to eight weeks. And a judge rules that Prince Andrew will have his day in court. This is the phase of the process where the parties get to really look into and dig into and scrutinize uh, the claims of the other side. Times of London Daily World Briefing. It's been a rocky start to 2022 in Europe, with more than 7 million newly reported COVID-19 cases in the first week. Now, the World Health Organization's European director, Hans Kluge, has more bad news for the continent. At this rate, the Institute for Health Metrics and Evaluation forecasts that more than 50% of the population in the region will be infected with Omicron in the next six to eight weeks. The good news is that the current approved vaccines continue to provide protection and reduce severe disease, hospitalisation and death. But in France, although Omicron has shown to have a lower risk of severe disease compared to the Delta variant, the sheer number of infections is crippling the health system. At the Saint-Camille Hospital near Paris, not only are there not enough beds, there are not enough staff to keep up with the current influx of patients, with over 70% of personnel having resigned. France reported over 360,000 cases on Tuesday, while patients being hospitalised with the illness is near an eight-month high. President Emmanuel Macron has narrowed his focus on getting people vaccinated, including strategies like tightening curbs on the freedoms of the unvaccinated people. Around 80% of patients at the St Camille Hospital are unvaccinated. While in the UK, pressure continues to mount on the British Prime Minister Boris Johnson, who faced questions from lawmakers on Wednesday over breaking his government's Covid rules. Mr Johnson admitted to attending a garden party at Downing Street during a strict lockdown in May 2020 and has apologised. I repeat that I wish things had been done differently on that evening, uh, Mr Speaker, and I, I repeat my apology for all the misjudgments that may have been made that were made uh, on my watch uh, in number 10 and across a government. The document showed that more than 100 people were invited to the Bring Your Own Booze party at number 10. We return now to the court case involving the Duke of York. A judge has refused to dismiss a civil case against him. Prince Andrew will now face court over allegations of sexual assault. Virginia Giuffray is suing the prince, claiming he abused her in 2001, when she was just 17 years old. His legal team petitioned the judge to throw it out on the grounds that Miss Giuffray waived her right to sue in a previous secret settlement with convicted paedophile Jeffrey Epstein. The decision announced on Wednesday by US District Judge Lewis Kaplan publicly states that it was premature to consider the prince's efforts to cast doubt on Giffray's accusations. The prince has always denied the allegations. Adam Klasfeld is managing editor of Law and Crime News in the US and has been following the trial. He told Times Radio that allegations made by the prince during an interview with the BBC show Newsnight are likely to be scrutinised during the next phase of the process. 
Mr. Prey's attorney, David Boies, has said that he wanted to scrutinize what he called Prince Andrew's alleged inability to sweat. They want to test those claims with medical records or anything like that. And uh, Prince Andrew's attorneys have already been pushing back on that. So this is the phase where the parties get to really look into and dig into and scrutinize the claims of the other side. It's been suggested Prince Andrew could be interviewed by Miss Giffray's lawyers in a videotaped deposition. Speaking to Times Radio, Adam Klasfeld said he might also be required to appear in person in court. The judge does have the power to potentially compel him, though it's a civil trial. Uh, he doesn't necessarily have to appear in court. It's sometimes believed to be advisable, but it is something within a judge's power to compel his presence. Uh, and that is assuming that the case goes to trial. On the way, it's still not game, set and match for Djokovic down under and a civil rights activist is honoured with her own Barbie doll. Times of London Daily World Briefing. With tensions continuing on the Russia-Ukraine border, NATO has warned that it's prepared to send troop reinforcements if Moscow decides to invade Ukraine. The alliance held four hours of talks with Russia on Wednesday and no solution could be found, with Secretary-General Jens Stoltenberg saying there was a real risk of a new armed conflict in Europe. Russia is demanding that NATO not expand to include Ukraine or Georgia, both former Soviet republics, and withdraw all allied troops from current NATO members bordering Russia. Philip Rika is the chief mission at the US Embassy in London. He's told Times Radio each sovereign country has a right to decide whether to join NATO and that their decision should not be influenced by other states' threats. I think it is the the basis of of NATO. The North Atlantic Treaty from the beginning always had an open-door policy that countries that are interested in joining the alliance uh, have the right to uh, express that interest and to focus on that. Obviously, it's a decision for the whole alliance. Um, But that said, we're very able, as we have uh, yesterday, to talk with Russia about issues of, of their own concern. There's a lot we could do with Russia in a more positive way to increase security for all of us. In 2014, Russia seized the Ukrainian region of Crimea and Russian-backed separatists took control of an eastern slice of Ukraine where fighting continues at a low level. Now, some 100,000 Russian troops have reportedly amassed near the Ukrainian border, prompting fears of an invasion. Following the talks, US Deputy Secretary of State Wendy Sherman has warned Russia that it must either choose diplomacy or confrontation with the West. We head back to Australia, where world tennis number one Novak Djokovic has been seeded and included in the first round draw for the Australian Open, despite no decision being made over whether he's allowed to compete in the tournament or not. With more twists and turns than an Agatha Christie novel, the saga doesn't appear to be over. A judge had ruled against the cancellation of Djokovic's visa, which had been revoked by border officials due to the player's vaccination status. There was then fresh controversy after it was reported that Djokovic broke isolation rules in Serbia and that his management had made a mistake when filling out his Australian entry form. Prime Minister Scott Morrison says back in December, clear advice was given to Tennis Australia over the handling of visas for Australian Open participants, and that hasn't changed. 
fully vaccinated eligible visa holders could travel to Australia without needing to apply for a travel exemption and to enter those states were allowing them to enter quarantine free, that individual has to show that they're double vaccinated or must provide acceptable proof that they cannot be vaccinated for medical reasons. That is the policy. And of course, we would be expecting authorities to be implementing the policy of the government when it comes to those matters. If Djokovic is given the go-ahead to compete, he will have a chance to win a record 21st major title. After a seven-month ban, Nigerians are now finally allowed to start using Twitter again. It comes after the government suspended the social media platform in June last year when a tweet by President Mohamedou Buhari about punishing regional successionists was deleted. Twitter was accused of siding with the successionists. But now, after Twitter agreed to conditions, including opening a local office in Nigeria, the government has reversed the ban. The move by Nigerian officials last year sparked an outcry over freedom of speech. Twitter is yet to comment about the lifting of the ban. Times of London Daily World Briefing Sport With news on extraordinary scenes at the African Cup of Nations, here's John Jackson. The Africa Cup of Nations descended into farce on Wednesday as Mali beat Tunisia 1-0 in a match prematurely ended by the referee, not once, but twice. Experienced Zambian official Jani Sikazwe initially blew the final whistle on 85 minutes as he got his timekeeping completely wrong in Limbe. But after then playing on, he repeated the error when he blew again for full time before the clock had ticked over to the full 90 minutes. Tunisian officials stormed onto the pitch in protest, but the Man of the Match trophy was handed out and the post-match news conferences were in full swing before Confederation of African Football officials decided that four additional minutes should then be played. Mali came out onto the pitch again 40 minutes after the controversy began, but Tunisia refused to retake the field and the game was ended for a third time. Organisers are likely to come under some pressure to investigate just why a referee who was in charge of two matches at the recent 2018 World Cup finals could make such a fundamental mistake. Times of London Daily World Briefing Entertainment Having faced several delays and cancellations, Coachella is finally returning this year with a lineup of megastars announced. The festival in the Southern Californian desert has been hampered by the coronavirus pandemic over the last couple of years. This April, though, Kanye West, Harry Styles and Billie Eilish are among the headliners. Organisers said the festival's first weekend had already sold out, with pre-sale for weekend two due to begin on Friday. Among the other artists performing are Doja Cat, Fatboy Slim and Megan Thee Stallion. The festival last took place in 2019, where 250,000 people attended. And finally, there's a new Barbie doll hitting the toy shelves. Black journalist and civil rights activist Ida B. Wells is being honoured with a lookalike. The doll is part of the inspiring women series, which the toy maker says honours historical and present-day role models for girls. Wells was born in 1862 to former slaves. She went on to become one of the founders of a civil rights organisation and also worked as a journalist. Her doll carries a newspaper that she co-owned in 1889. The release comes just ahead of Black History Month, which the US marks in February. And that's your Times Daily World Briefing for Thursday, the 13th of January. This podcast from The Times is brought to you in partnership with Google Podcasts.
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 